It was just so incredibly beautiful and profound as I sat at 8,000 feet elevation in the mountains of here in the Pacific Northwest on a seven-day fast, drinking a bottle of Asiya every day, and just the death and the rebirth, the renewal was just so otherworldly. I'm excited to do a little different segment today. I am in my year of Jesus. I'm 33. Jesus was 33 when he died. So in honor of my year of Jesus, I started to read back through the Gospels, read exactly how Jesus lived his life, and I noted his prayer and fasting. And there was this one passage, Mark 9, where Jesus talked about, Jesus faced a situation where he had given his disciples the power to heal people. But there was this one kid with such a crazy demon, the disciples could not do anything. And when that kid with the demon faced Jesus, Jesus commanded the demon out of the kid. The demon screamed, it tore, tore this kid and ripped out of him and left him for dead. But D Jesus grabbed his hand and he was a new person again. The disciples asked, how were you able to do that? But we could not. And Jesus said, this can only be achieved through prayer and fasting. And that really hit me. You know, people who call themselves Christians, how often do they actually go out and fast in the wilderness like Jesus did? Then I saw my new friend Andrew make a post that he had just come back from fasting in the wilderness for seven days. And then it was the most profound experience. And I said, I want to hear from someone who just did what Jesus recommended, which few people do, what Jesus actually, the practical thing Jesus said to do. Um, now, a lot of the traditional Christians may not um, look at people who do what Jesus did, or what Jesus said to do as Christian themselves. But I cannot wait to hear Andrew's story. So with that being said, let's bring on Andrew Genovese out in Washington State. How are you? Hi, Ivory. How are you? So, yeah, so awesome to be here with you as I'm just just beginning to kind of put myself back together after being out of the woods for, yeah, I think like a 10 or 11 days now. So, yeah, I'm really grateful to share my story and, and inspire others through it to do the to do the same. So. Wow. So tell me what happened when you you ventured out to the wilderness. Where'd you go into the Washington State Mountains? Yeah, so about two months ago, I've, I spend a lot of I mean, I'm a breathwork teacher and I'm a breathwork facilitator. So I spend a lot of time every morning dropping into my breath, dropping into meditation. And it's one of my primary tools that I use for, you know, moving through emotions and feeling into my body and making that mind-body connection. So I just started receiving a lot of messages uh, in August that I needed to do this journey uh, into the woods. So I was like, okay, started asking, you know, my guides, you know, when, where am I supposed to go, how long? And at first I thought I was probably going to go for maybe like three or four days. But then as it got closer to October, I was like, I was starting to feel you know, pretty bummed because I didn't think there was going to be time to do it because it's getting pretty cold <laughs> uh, up here in the Pacific Northwest. And 
a, a week where I had nothing planned, no sessions. It was just like this magical week that appeared for me with perfect weather uh, in October, mid-October. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is it. This is when I'm supposed to go. And so I'd say about a week and a half, uh, I, I was just asking them, when am I going to go? How long? This week appeared, they said seven days, and I was like, seven days, oh my God, that's like really intense. That's like a long time. And so, yeah, I I didn't really know where I was going, but uh, I was very fortunate to have a brother here in Washington that was willing to drive me up into the mountains and drop me off. And I was like, hey man, I just need you to drop me off. And he has, he's lived in Washington all his life, so he knows the mountains really, really well. And he dropped me off at this place. And uh, the day of, I had like a lot of anxiety and just nervousness, just like of what I was going to experience because I knew it was going to be deep. <laughs> and, and, I, and I just I just was like, Phew. so I, I was just feeling into all the emotions, you know, kind of like leading up to it. And I just, yeah, I mean, you know, when you're when you're out in nature, I mean, what does society do when, when we're anxious, when we're angry, when we're sad, right? We go to something. We go to our laptop. We call someone. We go to, we go to text someone. We go to Facebook, to Instagram. You know, we're constantly numbing out these heavy emotions because, because of so many's lack of connection to something greater, whether that means source or God or the ether, whatever that means to you, it doesn't matter. It's what we're all connected to. Everything, every sentient being, every human, every plant, every animal, we're all connected to the same source. And so I went out with the intention of just giving myself permission to fully uncover whatever whatever was in my psyche, whatever was in my body, no matter how dark, no matter how heavy, no matter how light, um, I was just giving myself permission to go out to the wilderness and just to connect back to, you know, back to the source, back to creator. And so as I was walking up, as my friend dropped me off and I was walking up into the mountains, uh, I didn't know where I was going. He just dropped me off and I was like, oh my gosh, like, you know, like, what if I don't find a place? Like, what, what if I'm walking all over? And, and, and so I was like, okay, just breathe breathe. It's going to be all good. You're going to be guided to the perfect place. It's, and I just kept having to kept like, just come to my body as I was uh, walking up into the mountains, you know, about to embark on this seven day journey. And my, my friend was like, you know, he was kind of worried. He was like, do you need me to like, are you sure you don't want me to check on you or you don't want me to leave you any food? I was like, no, just pick me up. And a week from now at 11 AM, I'll be here. That's it. That's all you Did need. you bring a phone or anything? Uh, I had I had my phone uh, on airplane mode, but yeah, I, I never, I never, I knew I wasn't going to use it uh, until I saw my friend. I knew he would be there, and yeah, I was just full surrender, you know, full full trust in 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 the journey. So um, yeah, my seven days uh, fasting. Also, no, I, I wasn't just fasting on water. I was fasting on uh, ASEA as well. So for those who don't know what ASEA is, uh, ASEA is redox molecules. So 
without redox molecules, basically <laughs> our existence wouldn't wouldn't be here within 30 seconds. Uh, re- redox molecules is re- reductant oxidant. And um, ASEA is basically, yeah, it's the most profound breakthrough in health science in our lifetime. If, if ASEA, and ASEA is ASEA, um, if ASEA went into every hospital and clinic for patients that were undergoing brain surgery or uh, had any type of disease, if it went into every hospital and clinic, it would shut down Big Pharma within three months. That's how powerful this is. How's it spelt again? Because you cut out when you spelt it. A S E A S E A. Yeah, you had mentioned this before the show, so I looked it up, and it, it's basically really similar to salt water. Yeah, yeah. So it is it is NaCl. So the basis of our body is water. We're ninety nine percent water. A lot of people say we're seventy five percent water. We're actually ninety nine percent water. And so, and not only are we just water, but our body is made of salt water. So the ASEA comes from native to the body. So it increases the glutathione in the body, um, which is by five to 800%. So all 60 trillion of your cells, there's a mitochondria. So it, it literally, it basically puts all your cells on hyperdrive healing times like hundreds and hundreds of percent. So when I was up on the but, mountain. But, cal- but calorie wise, you weren't getting any calories. No. Like, you were full on fasting. Yeah, I was full on fat, zero food whatsoever um, for seven days. Just me, the mountains, my breath, my own thoughts, and uh, yeah, a bottle of Asia per day. And I, at first, I was like, you know, why am I bringing this Asia up? It's going to be really heavy in my pack. But <laughs> um, when I was up there, I understood why I was bringing the Asia up, and I'll get into that later in the conversation. So. I'm walking up into the mountains and I'm, it's like really starting to set in like, like, holy crap, I'm, I'm doing this. Like there's no turning back. <laughs> it, it's happening. And so uh, I walk about two miles up into the mountains and I'm kind of like peeking my head around trying to find a place. And I go into one little like mountain peak and I'm like, no, that's not it. I walk up to another and I, I was like, no, nah, I'm not feeling that. So I was like, okay, if, if maybe one of those places that I'll, I'll come back. And so I keep going and then I see this trail, this small trail that just is not, it's not marked or anything. And I was just like, I just had a feeling about this one. So I went up it and about 15 minutes later, I went up onto this mountain peak that was just this perfect, like 360 view of the mountains um, and Mount Rainier. And I was like, this is it. This is where this, this is my place. This is where I'm supposed to be for the next seven days. So uh, I, I began to unpack all my stuff. I set up my tent. Uh, I got all my stuff ready. I set up my, my little ceremony altar where I was going to do a lot of, yeah, my breath work and meditation and journaling. And as I got all my stuff set up, I was, I was just drop. I was just looking at the mountains and just like, wow. I cannot believe I'm actually up here. And so, yeah, the first, the first sunset, I, I, I laid in my small little hammock that was, you know, super tight packed little hammock that I, I, I set up to view the sunsets. And I just laid there and I just, yeah, began to contemplate life and that I was going to be just completely disconnected to anything that was happening. Any huge events, 
anything that would be taking place, I would have no idea about for the next seven days. And so, yeah, I just, I just began to get out my journal and just get really clear with why I was there and why I was up in the mountains and what my intention was. And that I was just, you know, giving myself permission to, you know, fully feel everything that was in there, which so few people do, because again, we're just so inundated with work and with structure and trying to save money and try and this hyper masculine energy of just go, 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 do, 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 save, 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 save. And it was just a full relinquish of just everything to, to allow myself to go into some, you know, possibly some really heavy, challenging places. I didn't know where I was going to go, but I, but I was open to wh- whatever the journey, you know, looked like. So uh, it was night, it was night one. And as soon as the sun set, it started to get really, really windy and <laughs> like 35, 40 mile an hour winds. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is like, I hope my tent doesn't blow away. And so I got some big logs and I set them near my tent to help anchor uh, down my tent. And I sat outside and it was cold. I mean, we're, it was like 28, 29 degrees. With, with, and so I was fully bundled up in my clothes. And um, as, I, as it reached nighttime and the stars really began to come out, yeah, I just sat there, just bundled up in my in like four or five layers, thermals, uh, in my blanket, and I just laid under the stars for hours under under the cold. And I just and I just thought back to a time when we were living amongst the earth thousands of years ago, and we didn't have clothes, right? We 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 wore things that came from nature, such as you know animal skin and 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 things like that. And I just thought about, you know, the type of human that walked to the earth thousands of years ago is just so much different than to the, than to the human that walks earth today. Because at that time, they were so much okay with being uncomfortable. And that's where growth happens, right? It happens when we allow ourselves to be uncomfortable. And that's what this journey was all about for me. It was allowing myself to potentially be extremely uncomfortable with my own thoughts and my own shadow and my darkness and to transmute that into love and tr- transmute that into light. You know, that's, that's, that's the journey. That's why we come into a physical body is to become more love is to become more conscious. So when I was up there, I, it was, that was, that's what it was really all about was just returning back to my body, returning back to me, the real me, <laughs> uh, the real me that I, I've ever been, which is infinite, unconditional consciousness, infinite love. And so um, as I sat under the stars, I just went into just all kinds of different places of, of just being very grateful for the experience, even though I was at the very beginning. So I woke up day two and the wind was super intense. I had, it rained that night and I had rain in my tent and it was kind of a, it was, pretty jarring because I was like, oh my God, what if it rains every night? Like, was this a mistake? Am I, am I crazy for being up here? And so I was like, okay, breathe, breathe, going to be okay. And so I really had to like surrender into, I'm supposed to be here. There's no mistakes. 
it's not going to rain the next time. I'm just being tested by the universe right now, and and it's all good. <clears throat> and so, yeah, day two, I continued to move into my body. Uh, I did my first yoga practice that day, did some breath work. <clears throat> um, as I drank the ASEA, I began to really feel like just the pure life force energy that was moving through my body, drinking that much redox molecules a day. Like I already started to feel just, I don't know, dialed. I just started to feel on fire. And um, I just started to get really clear. And I, I started having a lot of ideas about what I was going to create for the planet and uh, my work and huge gatherings that I was going to set up. And, and so, yeah, I was like, wow, I'm, I'm, when you have these experiences, Ivory, you know, you, you, it's, they're so hard to explain in words. Like there's so many words I have that I would like to share with everyone that just there, that doesn't exist in the English language. So I'm, I'm like attempting to, to put it into words the best I can. But um, yeah. But day it was two, like an alive feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I felt so many different things. You know, I would, it was a constant ebbing and flowing into expansion and contraction but well, yeah, I mean, if, if I go back to Jesus story, the description of the Bible, like he faced the worst demons while he was out in the wilderness fasting, like Satan was coming at him nonstop out there, you know, because like you said, no distractions. So you're left with facing those demons. And in the end, you, you suffer through it and they finally give up. And then it's like immense freedom. Is that what you experienced? So moving into night two, I was like, okay, wow, it's night two already. You know, here I am, like, uh, I'm, uh, I'm doing it. <laughs> and, and so uh, I remember sitting there on night two, because often when, often when, you know, for example, the Mayans or the Incas, you know, the Native Americans, the Tibetans, we've been doing rites of passage journeys, vision quests for thousands of years. This is ancient. So, so, so ancient, you know, especially for men, for, for men to, for, for example, right. When a woman is maybe, you know, 14 or 13, 15, 16, and she gets her first bleed, that's when a woman becomes, you know, a woman officially biologically. When a man would do his rites of passage journey into the, into the wilderness, that's when he would officially become a man. So that is something that our culture is so desperately missing, right? There's a, a lot of man babies walking around out there that need to be men, like real men. And, and that was one of the hugest takeaways. And I'll get into that later on again in, in the journey. But that was one of the hugest takeaways of this journey was like, wow men need to be doing this all over the world. Like men need to be, and maybe not seven days. Like that was really, you know, deep. And I've mastered my breath and the emotions. So maybe like three or four days, but I just knew that men all around the world need to be doing this for themselves, for their families, for their children, you know, to really be able to show up in this world as a divine, as a divine masculine, you know, and whether that's to lead their family or to lead their community or, to lead hundreds of thousands, whatever it is. It's, it's that next level of masculine embodiment that I felt that was just so beyond words powerful. 
So, uh, so I'll go back to night two. I remember sitting there being like, man, I know when, I know when, you know, we do this a lot of the time, our guides, spirit, source, whatever word you want to use, a higher power speaks to us through messages of animal, of animal wisdom, such as an owl or, you know, a deer or a bear. And so I was like, where's all the animal magic? You know, like where, where all, where all my signs? (laughs) And um, day three, oh my God, there was no shortage of that. (laughs) I asked and it it came. Um, uh, I woke up that morning and as soon as I woke up, there was crows circling just 20 feet above my tent. They were just right above. I was like, okay. So I got some crow medicine, beautiful. Hour later. A hawk was cir- was circling my tent right above me, about another hundred feet up. Was just cir- circling above me for about ten minutes. And trust me, when these things happen, they're not coincidence. There is no coincidence, as some people on here may know, some may not know. But there's no coincidence in life. This existence is not just a random bunch of events, right? Everything is divinely orchestrated and planned. So. As I began to drop into the third day, I dropped into my breath, I dropped into a long meditation, and I prayed for some deer medicine. And so as I opened my eyes, boom, the moment I opened my eyes, uh, uh, a mama deer and two babies were walking right below me on the hilltop. And I was like, wow, you have to be kidding me. Shortly after, I'm doing my yoga, and a chipmunk ran up my down my foot, up my leg, and then ran off of me, and it scared the shit out of me because I was because I was in a very deep meditative state, and I was like, "Whoa, what is that? Like, I, when does a chipmunk run on you?" So I was like, "Okay, wow. there's that." Two hours later, I see a fox. A fox is lying right below my tent, and then the last thing uh, when I when it hit sunset. Uh, the coyotes were just going crazy around my tent. Like all around me, there was coyotes just talking to each other and speaking. And, you know, that was, that was spirit speaking to me um, through the animals. And each one carries a different message and a different, you know, signal, if you will. And so I was like, okay, there's my animal medicine. So, so night three was kind of, I was like, okay, tomorrow's day four. That's kind of like the middle point. Um, In that breath session that day, I I moved through a lot. Um, There was definitely a lot of emotions that came up around just like anxiety. And I was like, day three, I was like, oh my gosh, day seven seems so far. (laughs) It felt so far away at that point. So I, again, just had to drop into my body, surrender, and just really just, I mean, this when you go into a journey this deep and this long, it's all the healing all comes from surrender and, and trusting that you're safe and that, you know, you're not going to be harmed. You're, you're going to be your, whatever comes up, you're, you're safe. And I just can't continue to tell myself, I, I, you know, I'm safe in my body. I'm home in my body. My body is my home. That's my mantra for life. I'm safe in my body. I'm home in my body. My body is my home. Right. And that, and that creates that just safety of communicating with your body that, you know, these emotions of anger, of grief, of sadness, of rage, they aren't, they're, they're not bad. <laughs> they're only bad because in a school system that doesn't work, we never learned how to work with our emotions. 
that bliss, anger, rage, gratitude, right? All these emotions are just part of the human experience. So um, through my wisdom of the breath, I've, I've, mastered, I've become a master of that and I get to share that. And especially through this journey. So day four, I woke up and I was like, wow, I'm halfway. I've, I've, I've made it to the halfway point. Uh, day four, I started to feel a lot of really heavy um, emotions that I had to work through. When I woke up that morning, I felt quite a bit of tension in my chest. So I moved into the breath. Only hours later, I was like, oh my gosh, I feel more emotions coming through. The ASEA... The, the, drinking the ASEA is basically like, again, it's like putting your, your healing, it's, it's having all 60 trillion of your cells communicate times 100. So that's why they're seeing people with, with, who can't remember their name, you know what disease that is, <laughs> who can't remember their name, who don't know what neighborhood they live in going from full vegetable to literally playing basketball in their driveway with their grandkids three months later. So, really? Yeah, and there's thousands of stories of of a of stories like this all over the world. This stuff is getting out into the world in a profound way. So if it can heal someone who's literally, quote unquote, being told by a doctor that they're dying, imagine what it can do for an extremely healthy, healthy person. So when, when I was up on that mountain, it's day four and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm still not hungry. Like I haven't gotten hungry yet. I thought by this point I would be crawling on the ground like oh my god i'm starving (laughs) like i I thought that was going to be probably i thought that was going to be the most challenging part of this journey was going to be just like the the innate really intense hunger and it was day four and i hadn't experienced it yet at all anytime i even felt the most mild hunger i just i just breathed into it and i just accepted that very faint mild hunger and i was like i'm good it's all good so day four, day four, I again went through like a huge brainstorm of like tons of ideas, lots of journaling. Um, I had a fire that day and just connected with the fire and the elements. And when I was up there, I, I mean, gosh, you just have so much time to just reflect on your life and everything you're done from moments when you were an eight-year-old to a 10-year-old to uh, moments where you had a lot of fun, moments that were, you know, maybe really tough, where you felt, you know, not loved by your parents or where you're receiving a lot of trauma from, you know, family members or you're being yelled at all the time or, you know, told that, you know, at a time where maybe you were telling yourself that your body wasn't beautiful or you weren't enough. And so day four was a lot of, I think, quite a bit of childhood stuff came up for me. And I wouldn't necessarily say it was really heavy. I was just really able to just go into it with a really loving presence and acceptance and, and just like, wow, yeah, all that stuff shaped me. You know, it it made me the leader that I am today. And um, I was able to just see my, I was able to just see my, my parents and my mom, my dad for all the, all the suffering and the pain that they were going through that they unconsciously were just projecting out and out onto me. Uh, and to my brother. And so a lot of inner child stuff was happening that day four. Um, a lot of, a lot of deep clarity. Again, a lot of just, I was purging so much on a 
mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual level from the ASEA because you're drinking, you know, liquid light. <laughs> you're drinking universal consciousness. And so I think the ASEA was making my, my journey even like more profound because it was just cleaning me out of every, you know, anything that was genetically modified, car exhaust, plane exhaust, just from existing on this planet and all the toxicity. Um, it was cleaning out my gut. It was just, it, it was just making me feel so clear, such a clear channel for information and to, to just connect to, you know, the higher, you know, once again, God source, whatever that means for you. And so, um, day five, I woke up and I was like, okay, wow, I still have day five, but I'm getting, I'm getting there. (laughs) Uh, day five was extremely heavy. I'm not going to lie. It was, um, I went into a breathwork journey that day. That was about an hour. And in the breathwork journey, I let out a lion roar that could have been heard and felt from probably 12 mountain ranges away. I moved, <laughs> I moved through some like really deep stuff that day. Um, day five, I think without any food for five days and with just drinking water and connecting to the nature, I was just the amount of energy, the amount of like just electricity that was running through my body, I think could have powered a NFL football stadium. <laughs> it was, it was, I was like, whoa, okay. I'm like reaching kind of like the pinnacle point right now. And then I was like, I don't want to put any labels on it. Who knows? I don't know what this afternoon looks like. I don't know what tomorrow looks like. I don't know what day seven looks like, but holy, like, holy hell. This is, this well, is a- what, what emotion did that energy feel like? Oh, man. Wow. That's a great question. I'm just getting like full body chills as I feel as I feel like feel into that moment. It, it was it was like a recul. It was like a reclamation. Ivory. It, it was like a reclamation for the masculine on this planet of like just pure, just warrior energy, primal masculine warrior energy of reclaiming that energy for the masculine as a collective for myself. Um, just re- that return back to nature and back to myself of something so primal when we were, when we were traversing these lands and, and sometimes at that time, you know, thousands of years ago, right. Ivory, we, we would walk 30 or 40 or maybe even 50 miles in a day walking across the lands. Right. And sometimes in winter when it was, when it was very cold. So that, it was like that, that yell, that primal, like just lion roar that came through me. It was a reclamation. It was of anger. It was, um, it was of gratitude. It was, it was a stance that I'm, I'm here, you know, I'm here doing the work to, to inspire me and many, and many, many, many other men on the planet for, you know, the rest of my, my lifetime. Um, In that moment, I was like, wow, this is, this is a journey like I'll, I'll never forget. <laughs> like I'll, wow. I'll be able to tell this story and inspire so many, not just men, but women too. Um, and I believe that, and this is just my own personal and professional opinion. I think fasting for women is a little bit different because of your reproductive organs because of the womb. So for some women fasting can work and for some women it doesn't work it 
very well. But I think even even women returning to nature and maybe a different capacity is just so powerful because, right, again, you're, you know, what did many of the ancient spiritual teachers say, right? They talked about the mountains and the water being God, you know, being source. Nature is God. We're not separate from nature because, as many of the teachers said, right, that came before us, we are nature. We're not separate from nature. We're not separate from the animals. We're, we're one. We're connected. And as our consciousness rises, we start to have these recognitions, these acknowledgments that, oh, my gosh, when I'm destroying nature, when I'm polluting nature, I'm just polluting myself. <laughs> yeah, st- well, I was, I was going to ask about what a woman should do, you know, because you're talking about how beneficial this is for a man. But I'm like, <clears throat> I feel like my soul has been telling me I need to do something like this, too. With all the chaos in the world, like, I need to get back to nature. But how would that look for a girl? Should a girl do that seven days without so, food? So there's a beautiful woman that I met recently, only a couple months ago, who does this, uh, but specifically for women. And so I don't know exactly what she does, but uh, I know that she's an herbalist and a nutritionist. So she actually takes the women out into the nature for an extended period of time to forage and to pick mushrooms and to uh, learn all these different herbs. And she just told me that the, the women just walk out of there, just like totally new person, you know, they walk out of there just so refreshed and total new state slate. And I mean, how can you not, you know, you're, we're especially if you happen to live in Detroit or Chicago or New York or Atlanta or, you know, some big metropolitan city, you're, bombarded with all these heavy radio signals and 5g frequencies and and constant traffic and noise and you know you're just you're you're so disconnected to nature when you take the time for yourself to just say god i'm for the next four days for the next five days three days seven days whatever it is i'm i'm just gonna be with with the creator with myself (laughs) And with my own thoughts and, and just give myself permission to feel like there can't not be beautiful transformation. If, if you really allow yourself to feel, if you go in that with, with saying like, I surrender into the process, I surrender into the experience and I trust that it's going to be whatever it's going to be and not have any attachments to what you want to experience. You, you just can't not have a, um, you know, for every person it's going to look different but you just can't not have a beautiful experience. So, you know, I would say for women, absolutely every woman on the planet should do it in a different capacity. I would say maybe with, you know, maybe not fasting, but maybe one meal a day or maybe just two meals a day foraging or, or whatever, but and maybe in some capacity like that. There's some women who love fasting and it works great for them. Uh, for my professional opinion, I think, there just needs to be a lot more caution for that. But for every man on the planet, fasting works amazing. We're, we're wired for, for fasting. Well, I will say my mom back in the day, years ago when I was a kid, she did a 21-day fast mm. after she, uh, she got Lyme's disease. And she heard that fasting would cure it. And that's what she did. Wow. And, uh, and it cured it. So, and um, it didn't negatively impact her health at all it it helped her health 
she went on to have more kids and had, you know, she's living a great life now. So, you know, fasting works for women too. Yeah. But like you, like you said, everyone's different. Yeah, exactly. So, so how did your last two days go? <sighs> yeah. So my man, <clears throat> so on day five um, was definitely the most deep and intense after I, after I came out of that breast session, I was like lying on the ground for about three hours. Just, I, and after I moved through that, I moved through the breath for about an hour. And then I moved my body because I still felt, felt tension in my hips. So I did a lot of hip openers and I felt a lot of release in, in the yoga and the stretching. And, and then I dropped into just an hour of just lying there. And when I came out of that experience, I just felt, oh my God, so free. I felt so free and so blissed out. And as I opened my eyes and I looked at the mountains, I was like, oh my gosh, like on on this day five, I was just feeling like levels of gratitude that were just really hard to put into words. Like I I was beginning to feel just so, so proud of myself for answering the call and actually taking the time away from all emails, technology, phone, partner, and, and just and just doing this and like really like pulling the trigger and and I was just like yeah I, I was just really acknowledging and honoring myself for showing up um, to be able to share my story and so yeah moving into night five again I had a fire that night I sat under the stars for hours and just sat under there's the billions and billions of stars and just breathed in the infinite wisdom of the universe, which I did every single night. And I remember, uh, I remember night five was, it was still, there was not an ounce of wind. It was so, so still out there. And uh, you could hear a pin drop. And as I sat under the stars, I was, yeah, I was really just, I was so just deep in thought and just this entire existence our, our, our body coming into physical form, this, this human experience, the dramatic change that we've experienced over the last couple of years and what an incredible blessing it's been. Um, just having so much darkness and lies and manipulation come to the surface for humanity, for people to either just put to the side and say it's not happening, you've either gone that way or you began to awaken to your infinity and your connection to all these people that are seeing the truth of, of what really is, you know, and, and how much we've been lied to and, and, and that's okay. Right. And that's okay. It's okay to accept all the darkness on the planet that's been taking place as we transmute that into once again, love and light and connectivity. And gosh, this was just such a beautiful way for me to to just realize what an incredible journey we've been on these last couple of years. And so night five, I just went really, really, really deep into oh, just taking time to just feel into how much we've evolved as a planet the last couple of years and how much incredible change has taken place. And that, um, yeah, the work that we're here to do is no small task. You know, we're here to, we're here to transmute thousands of years of, of programming. And 
so I went really, really deep into that as I just gazed into the infinity of, of galaxies and stars and, and just, yeah, profound realizations beyond what I can, again, describe in words, but I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> um, and then day six, I woke up and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm getting to the end. Um, that, that morning, again, really intense. I woke up with what felt like 40 pound anchors in my chest. Like when I breathed right. in my belly, I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like I can barely even breathe. There's so much trapped energy in my body. Wow. So I was like, okay, um, that morning I definitely, I can admit I had a, a lot more resistance moving into it. Like it kind of, I like kind of walked around my, my campsite for a little bit. I kind of like avoided going into it because I was like, it was just so heavy. I just felt so much like tension and um, it just felt like irritability, um, anxiety, primarily those two emotions, but it, it just, it was just heavy. It just felt so heavy. So after moving through all my morning and brushing my teeth and just staring out into the mountains for a while, setting my intention, I finally dropped into my breath. Again, had a extremely profound, deep breathwork journey. I just moved again. It was quite similar to day five. I would say probably as intense, maybe the same, but again, once I came out on the other side, I was just in full bliss and connectivity and as my, I felt my back just like lying on the ground and I was just grounding into the earth, I was just, I, I was just repeating the mantra. I just give all my old emotions of the old earth just back to the earth. I give them back to God. I give them back to source. And I was just feeling just free in my body and all the emotions, all the heaviness, you know, all the lack, all the lack of self-worth, the programming was just diminished from my body yet again. And I just was just like, Oh, I did it. <laughs> and so, yeah, it was a, it was a continuous practice of self mastery and, and really just practicing what I preach, which is forming this beautiful mind body connection and the breath and what I'm so passionate about. And um, I was so grateful to have the ASEA because it was day six in the night. So night five, I, for the first time experienced some mild hunger. I was like, finally, finally, there it is. Um, when I reached the sunset of night six, so that breathwork session was around the afternoon. Um, already when I reached the evening of night six and the sunset st started setting, I was like, oh my gosh, another wave of heaviness. So again, once it got dark, I moved through another breath session that was not as long. It was not as deep, but I moved through some heaviness, some anxiety, um, some subtle anger. And I just felt into my body and I transmuted it into, into light, you know, into lightness. And so at that time, I, I was really, I was doing a lot of journaling about the ASEA and just how I was meant to share this stuff with the world and how every person on the planet needed to know about it and that it's it's quite literally it's a doctor in a bottle <laughs> i mean it this it, the the cosmic intelligence of asia was just and that's why it's healing thousands of people all over the world in a way that can't be explained in words by doctors because um it it's it's quantum healing you know it's it's from our future selves so for someone like me who takes extremely good care of their body and only eats organic and 
eats lots of superfoods. It was just, again, I go back to just my, I just kept saying to myself, like, oh my God, my world is on fire right now. Like, I just felt so dialed in and connected to my higher self, to spirit, to God, to whatever word resonates with you again. And, um, wow. Can a sea be found in nature or how is it made? No, it, it no, a sea is not found in nature. It comes from the human body because our body is made of salt water. Salt water is the base and redox molecules. Uh, so scientists were trying to get redox molecules in a bottle or dropper form in some kind of form for over 30 years. They thought it was impossible. They thought it was impossible. And ASEA has, I don't even know, they have like alien scientists <laughs> and, and they figured out how to, how to do it about 12 years ago. And ASEA has been, has been cyber attacked by Big Pharma more than almost any company in the world because they know that the product they hold could collapse Big Pharma within an instant because, because someone can take it for 10 weeks or 12 weeks and completely transform some type of ailment that is you know is the typical hey you're you have x amount of time to live like what doctor has the right to tell you how much time to live are you god no <laughs> like no one has the right to tell anyone how much time they're going to live that's thinking that you know about someone's journey it's it's a it's an insanity so yeah that makes me think i have questions for you on you know you're so about this um, natural healing Oh yeah, of course. Lifestyle, eating, you know, whatever supplements you're taking. I hear from so many people who are concerned about these new pharmaceuticals that they've taken this past year. And they regret taking those and that they say, am I permanently damaged? Yeah. And I just, I believe in healing. I just, I'm an optimist. What's your take? Yeah. Ooh, so this is a deep one, right? The, the, and some people might know this, some people might not, and this is as deep as it gets. <clears throat> your DNA is the most sacred thing that you possess in your body. Your DNA is the most sacred thing you possess in your body. So the intention of the job was to alter the DNA. <laughs> that was the intention of it. That's why they created it. ASEA is the only thing that I've come across in the health space that repairs the damage done to the DNA. It literally repairs the DNA and switches on gene expressions. So Ivory, I'm 100% with you. Absolutely, you can heal from anything if you, because we're that powerful. We're, we're as we know, and you're listening to this, if you're, if you're on this, if you catch this interview, you know that we've been, we are far, far, far more powerful than we've ever been led to believe. Like you have to know this. And the body's capacity to, to heal is far beyond your, your ego mind, your analytical mind. So if you believe it and you get into the, and you fully believe it, I mean, believe it with every cell of your body and you come across something profound, such as a SIA, absolutely you can heal from it. And not only can you heal from it, but you can thrive after getting your hands onto something like this. And so, yeah, I mean, and, the, and there's, thou, there's hundreds and hundreds of studies of ASEA 
showing all of this, what I'm talking about. It's all out there. Um, and I post stuff on my wow. telegram all the time. But Your yeah. telegram? What's your telegram? Yeah, it's just Andrew Genovese. Um, you can find me at Andrew Genovese. Um, yeah, well, I can send it to you. We can post it in the, okay. sh- in the show. I can link it down below. Yeah. Yeah. And, but- uh, yeah, there's so many things that contribute to healing. And I think that I, uh, I think that the number one contributor to healing is faith and mm. goes back to what I said earlier. Faith is grown and empowered through prayer and fasting, which is what you ventured into. So yeah. how did that, how did that last day go? Yeah. I mean, just touching on what you said, Ivory, you know, I'm, I hold space for a lot of people to, to really go into their shadow and transmute heaviness and darkness and whatever that is, you know, a lot of people need a safe space to, to feel held and to feel seen, to transmute all the anger. The anger isn't you. It's just an emotion. (laughs) The, The rage isn't you. It's just an emotion. So if we can go into faith and surrender and trust that, wow, I I don't know what this healing journey looks like, but I'm just going to have faith and trust and surrender into it. That, that right there, what I just said is the key to all profound healing and transformation, everything, faith, trust, surrender is the key to all, to all of it. And being up in the mountains for seven days without food was a, it was a constant, whenever I'd have a, he- a heavy thought come in of like, oh my gosh, I'm so far away from the, the finish line. And then I'd be like, oh wait, there is no finish line. It's just here and right now. Like it's happening now, Andrew, get here and now. And then I would close my eyes and I would, and I would just breathe. And I would just breathe into the present moment, into, into the body. <clears throat> the now moment is is where all possibilities happen. It's where it's where all possibilities for us to create as a divine creator exist in the now moment. And that's the power of your breath. And that's what I was thriving on. The reason I wasn't hungry was because I had my breath. I was breathing all day. I was doing sun gazing, something that the ancients have been doing for eons and eons of time. The the ancient yogis in India, in Tibet, the Mayans the Incas, tribes in South really? Africa. Stare at, at the sun? Only when the sun is rising, the first 30 minutes, and when the sun is falling. Mm. <clears throat> well, All- we almost have an instinct to do that, right? I, I, it's like it was set up that way. It's so pretty. Yeah. You want to look at it. Yeah, this, the sun is what powers all life, right? <laughs> When, when, when it's going down the third 30 minutes, what do people do? They pull over, right? They pull their car over. There's people stopped on a side cliff. Just, wow, look at the sun setting. And then it comes back. Yeah. Right? It's stunning. It's gorgeous. And there's something incredibly powerful when we actually breathe in the energy of the sun. If you believe that it works because it does, <laughs> that goes back to right believing. If you don't believe you're going to heal, you won't heal a hundred percent, a hundred percent. You will not heal. If you say I'm hopeless, um, I'm powerless. Uh, I have this cancer in my body that I, I'm done. That's it for me. If you say, no, I'm, I'm going to find the solution and I'm going to heal from this. You can a hundred percent. 
because that's how powerful we are. That's how powerful the body is. That's how powerful the breath is. And we have so much healing technology that's coming forward on the earth right now that's been suppressed so much. It's all out there. It's all out there. It's on earth right now. It doesn't have to go and be created. It's here. And so, yeah, just going back to your question, Ivory, my <sighs> night, night six, I was sitting there. I had a fire again. And I was really, it was really beginning to sink in that I was at the tail end of my journey. Um, that night I did a lot of just writing of kind of what, what I was experiencing and what I felt and the tremendous, I felt just so connected and supported by the mountains. I felt so uh, supported by the mountains, just feminine energy. Um, I never felt alone up there. Uh, I just felt connected. I felt so connected. I remember on night six thinking like, oh my gosh, okay, it's not over yet. I still have one more day. And I remember on night six, just thinking, how am I going to come back to civilization after this journey? (laughs) Like, how am I going to come back to work and to, to life? It was just so, it was just so beautiful. You know, it was, it was so blissful. And, and again, there's, there's a million words I could say, but uh, I, I'll, I'll never be able to explain the sensations and the feelings that I had up there, you know, when I was lying on the ground for hours at a time, just staring off into the mountains and I would drop onto the earth floor and I would sit there for hours just just in meditation, just breathing into into the now moment. And so night six, again, I sat under the blanket of stars, just in awe of the universe and this existence. And, you know, just asking the universe, you know, reveal to me who I am, activate my DNA, activate my DNA blueprint, help me, rem- help me remember different lifetimes and uh, and i just sat under the stars just yeah just really in awe day seven i woke up and i opened my eyes put my head out the tent and i was like holy crap (laughs) i made it it's day seven and and uh day seven once again another really deep heavy purge day five and six were probably the heaviest uh day seven I, I went to my ceremony altar. I lit my little incense stick for day seven, my seventh incense stick. And and um, I, I just couldn't believe that I was there already. I was like, I, I just can't, I could not believe that I had, that I, seven days had gone by that slow and that fast at the same time. Because the days felt so long at times, Right. Um, and then all of a sudden I was like, but it's day seven and it's, it's, you know, the end of my journey. So I moved through another really profound deep breath session that was just so deeply connective, blissful, so much gratitude. I, I felt, I just felt so supported by my guides, ancestors. And after my breath session, I was like, this is the day. I'm going to hike that mountain across from me. And, and I was like, is that insane? Like, am I going to, am I going to really do a hike after not eating for seven days? Like, do I have the energy to do that? 
And so I was like, I was like, I, I was like, I don't know if I can do it. And then I was like, and then I sat in silence for about 10 minutes. And then I was like, no, you're, you're getting your ass up that mountain. You're doing it. <laughs> you're, 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 you're going up that mountain. So about, I don't know, three or 4 PM, I decided to hike to this mountain that was across from me. And from, from where I was, it looked like a small hike, but I knew that a mountain, like I knew that it was much bigger than I thought it was. So I kind of, yeah, yeah. I, I was mentally preparing myself for it being more challenging than I maybe thought. So as I started hiking up it, I was like, okay, yeah, this thing is really steep. <laughs> and, but I, I was just breathing, like just, just sending my body life force, you know, sending my, my body energy, prana. And, um, and I was so alive from the ASEA that I knew I could do it. I knew I was just going to just breathe through it, go into it. <clears throat> and, I finally reached the top of the mountain about two hours before the sunset and I stuck my hiking stick in the ground and this just overwhelming feeling of just, I can't explain in words of just, I did it. <laughs> um, you know, I, I reached the end and it wasn't over just yet. Right. It was, it was the sunset of the seventh day. But I sat up there and I looked out as the sun was beginning to set over this 14,000 foot mountain, Mount Rainier. And I just. Oh, you summited a 14er? After... No, I was at 18, I was at 8,000 feet elevation. Oh, okay. The mountain I was looking at, I had a 360 view of all the mountains around me. And the mountain I was looking at every night as the sun was going over was 14,000 feet. And so as I was looking at the mountain, I, I was really just, I was just floored, really. I was just floored by my experience and, and all the dramatic shifts and change and all the work that I was doing, all the sun gazing I was doing, the breath work, the movement, the yoga, the alchemization of so many emotions and heaviness and lack and self-worth and all these things that we're a program of this old earth consciousness that is dying and leaving behind and this giant matrix system that's just collapsing on itself. Like all those emotions that I was feeling, I was like, those, all those emotions were part of that old world and, I, and I'm leaving it behind. And I just, in that moment, I just felt so, so liberated, so free, so grateful. And, um, as I just looked out into the emotions, tears were just streaming down my face. And, uh, and I was just, and I was just feeling emotions of just pure connectivity and, and bliss and, and gratitude and, and really just, you know, at a complete loss of words. Wow. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it was beautiful beyond anything I, I can, I can describe. And tears were just flowing down my face for about 15 minutes. And then the most, <laughs> and then the most unpredictable thing <laughs> happened that I ever could have imagined. I could not have scripted this. I was sitting up there with tears just flowing down my face and just pure bliss. 
and I heard something ruffling, rustling in the bushes. And I was like, what is that? And I was like, whoa, is that like a herd of elk? Or is that a bear? Like, what is, what is moving up this mountain? And so I got quiet again. And I was like, oh, my God, I might be receiving some, like, super magic animal medicine right now for my last day. Like, and I got really excited. And then I listened. And I was like, no, that, I was like, that's like some staticky note. I was like, what is that? And then just out of nowhere, it was like the angels just turned up this the volume to Alanis Morissette. It's like raining <laughs> on your wedding day. <laughs> and I literally went to the ground and I laughed so uncontrollably for about 10 minutes. Like it, it, it was such a, <laughs> I, 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 I have no words for it. It was like, when you, when you have moments like this, again, they're planned. It's not random. It's not by coincidence. It was my guides showing me and reminding me to laugh and to not take the journey so seriously and oh, so rigid, right? It was, totally. it was a complete reminder to just let go of the seriousness of life and my journey. Um, Were there hikers out there playing Alanis Morissette? Th- there was one, there was a guy who just appeared out of nowhere on the ridge of this mountain. He was in his 50s. He had a gray soul patch, black beanie, and he had this old school boombox on, <laughs> on his backpack. And, and, wow. and he was about 100 yards away from me, and I was laughing for about five minutes. I, I, it was uncontrollable. Like the laughter was so uncontrollable and as he got close to me he goes and and mind you this is the first person i've spoke to in seven days i haven't spoken to a soul in seven days and he walks by me and he was like hey what's up brother really beautiful out here isn't it and i'm like oh my god this guy's literally like a character out of a movie (laughs) and i was like yeah man really really something up here and he goes some journey huh (laughs) and i was like yeah some journey for sure and mind you i'm like i'm like absolutely like shocked devastated floored blissed out like i'm going internally this man has like no idea what i've just gone through (laughs) (laughs) and and uh he goes some journey huh and i was like yeah man some journey and uh, and then he was like, and then he spoke to me for just a moment, and uh, and I was like, yeah, dude, I'm, uh, you know, I'm on a seven day fast right now, so I'm really in a pretty deep space. He was like, whoa, dude, seven days up here. He was like, man, that's intense. That's that's hardcore. And he goes, you religious or something? And I was like, no, I'm not religious. And, uh, and he's like, okay. He's like, so you just up here to. I was like, yeah, man, just to connect, to connect with the almighty creator, nature, myself. And he was like, okay, I feel that. I feel that. (laughs) And he was like, hey, man, you want to, you want a chicken taco from Taco Bell? (laughs) And I was like, no, dude, I'm on a fast. (laughs) I don't want a chicken taco. 
And then he was like, oh, I'm so sorry, man. And he's like, all right, well, I'll let you, I'll let you be up here, you know, in your moment. And he was like, he's like, I'm Justin, man. And I was like, Andrew, you can call me Lionheart. And he was like, nice to meet you, Lionheart. And then he, and then this man disappeared and walked down the mountain <laughs> with Alanis Morissette playing as he walked down the mountain. And as he walked away, I was like, you have got to be kidding me. Like, it, it, it was, let's just say the evening of day seven and the close of my journey was closed in a way that I, I never could have imagined ever. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I spent the last 45 minutes just, <laughs> just integrating that experience and integrating, yeah, hiking up this mountain and spending my last evening up there having flashbacks of just all the, all the profound moments um, from day one to day two to day three to day four and just how short it was, but how long it was as well. And that I had, I had shifted just so dramatically in that time, in that short period of time. And just like, wow, this, this mountain held me for so many deaths (laughs) for so many just eat deaths of my ego and constructs of who I thought I once was and just cultivating this new masculine warrior embodiment. And, and yeah, I, I hiked back down the mountain and, and pretty quickly because it was all downhill and I got back up to my tent and I watched the last remnants of, of the sunset. And uh, I got back to my tent quick i i started my last fire as i went into the fire you know i just sat with the fire and thanked all the elements so thanked the mountains thanked my guides um i, I was grateful for the spot for holding for hosting me and i thanked the land you know when you do something like this it's so important to have gratitude for the land for for holding you for hosting you and to not take anything for granted you know and not just say like oh i i, I deserve to be here or you know it's so much about like just gratitude and, 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 and um, yeah, that night for my last night, I sat under the stars just in pure, just, I was just blown away. And again, I was like, how the hell am I going to come back to the world after this? And, and I was just so excited to share my story on um, different, you know, healing podcasts and spiritual podcasts and health podcasts and, and to really, light a spark under many women and especially men to just get back out into nature, to just come back to themselves and to come back to their breath and to have people come back to their own power, them, and come back to the fact that their breath in the present moment can just has so much medicine in it and so much power. And um, yeah, as I woke up that morning, I began to just pack up, uh, my tent and, 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 and I just really was just, again, just couldn't believe what I just experienced. And uh, I hiked out of there. I saw my, I saw my friend from a couple hundred miles away. He was looking for me cause I was about a half an hour late out of there. And then he saw me and he was like, yeah, <laughs> he was like, there you are, brother. You did it. <laughs> and, I was like, and I just like raised my hiking stick and, and my heavy pack. And I was just like, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I couldn't describe the feelings, but 
and I just told him, I was like, Hey man, I was like, I, I can't really speak right now. So I need you to just like, give me some space. And he was like, no problem, man. No problem. He's like, do you want any music? I was like, yeah, just put on some like really light meditation music. Um, and then, yeah. And then he drove me out of there and we spent the day just kind of moseying around, taking our time to get, to get back home. But, um, it must be kind of jarring integrating back into regular life after that. I, how, how do you maintain that, that peace, joy, and love and meditative state when you go back and face the hard realities of life? Yeah. You know, I'm, you know, holding space for a lot of people. It's, something that I'm obviously very good at because it's the work that I do. And at the same time, I'm not going to say that it's easy because it, it truly isn't right. When you, I, I'm getting out of this profound journey and I'm, and I'm, you know, walking to go get this, this, this smoothie and the first food I put in my body, the first food I put in my body were these organic dates and the date was just like, oh, my God, it was like so good. The taste was just incredible. And uh, and I had a juice. I had like a green juice and uh, some coconut water and I had a smoothie. And um, you want to you, when you come back in the experience experiences, you don't want to just like gorge. It's really, really important to be super aware and mindful of eating just, you know, like light greens or, or in some fruit, some organic fruit like something that's really high vibrational to put in your body and light. You don't want to be like eating everything, anything that's really dense or heavy. So yeah, when I got back into civilization, I was just like, wow, okay. There's a uh, people walking on the sidewalk with wearing masks. Like, you know, this is, <laughs> you know, I'm, I, I'm back. I, I'm, I'm back in it. And, um, you know, the most important thing when you come back from one of these experiences is just really, you know, communicating if you have a partner or if you have a family, like communicating with your partner that, you know, hey, like I'm going to need time alone and I'm going to need space. And I really need you to to honor that and to understand that after this experience, you know, I just need time to sit in with myself. I need time to journal, you know, time to take a couple evenings to take like a walk around a lake or a walk around nature and just to really just be with the experience, you know, and to just sit up with it and sit with it and meditate with it. You know, you don't want to just like, you need time to go back into work. You know, I would not, if you and some people don't have time to do that. So, right. That's the paradox of living in this, of leaving this 3d matrix world and coming in as we're birthing an entire new existence, right. We're constantly weaving into the higher frequencies of love and connection and, and, you know, non-separation into, you know, possibly being around a family member that's very low vibration and is like, you know, doesn't understand what's going on. So it's really important to only surround yourself for the next week with people who, you, you know, feel really good around, communicate with your partner and your family that you need space and that you need, you want to spend each morning like really just taking time, you know, taking time to ground, getting your feet on the earth, uh, being really mindful of what you put on your body and making sure you do a lot of writing to just really just, you know, document how you feel, you know, what's present for you. You know, I did a lot of, I did a lot of meditation, a lot of breath work afterwards and, and hell it's been 10 days and 11 days or something like that. And I'm still 
going to be continuing to integrate this new version of me over the coming weeks and months. So yeah, you just really just do the best you can, you know, and you just be as mindful and aware as you can with who you give your energy to and what you give your energy to. Love that. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing your incredible story. And you are a breathwork leader. So where can my viewers, you know, see your breathwork and can they take a class? Yeah. So uh, I'm about to put out a course on my website in the next two weeks called The Emotion Codes. And it's an, if, if you're looking to become more free and liberated in your body and move into these emotions and, and free yourself, like this course is amazing. It's an amazing course for just going into emotions such as, you know, grief, sadness, anger, uh, anger, sacred rage, grief, um, abandonment, resentment, uh, authenticity, find, finding your authentic truth and being showing up in the world as, as authentically as you can. And then the last uh, session is all about gratitude and celebrating yourself. So it's a real journey of really just becoming an alchemist. People love the course after they finish it. They're like, oh my God, <laughs> learned so much and transmuted so much. So yeah, I think people will get a lot out of it and just form a new perception of their emotions that the heavy emotions are not bad. They're just part of our human experience. And we can look at them from a new lens and a new softness of, of actually welcoming them instead of like just resisting them. So yeah, I'll be putting that code out, that course out, the emotion codes uh, on my course soon here. And I'm going to be creating uh, two different breath courses in the next three months. So you can look out for that as well. Amazing. Love that. Well, thank you so much, Andrew, for coming on and telling your story and hopefully talk to you soon. Yeah. Sounds good, Ivory. Thanks for having me. All right. See you later.